Perspective Audio Podcast, broadcasting out of the Rio Grande Valley of South Texas, hosted by Christian Salinas. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode. I am your host, Christian Salinas. Uh, this is our last podcast for the month of September, and uh, it's one that I've actually been looking forward to because it's about a subject that I know very little about. Now, usually we try to plan out our podcast episodes about a month in advance. We do make new shows every week, but we try to pick the subjects for each episode with plenty of time in advance because it does take time to do research, uh, talk to people, and set up interviews. Uh, We actually do this in a very very low-tech and practical way. We basically just have a large oversized wall calendar on the wall, and uh, we write in the subject for each show uh, in each Wednesday square of the current month. When we got to the last Wednesday square of September, however, we noticed the words Rosh Hashanah, begin at sunset, were printed uh, in tiny print uh, within the square. And of course, none of us had any idea what those words actually meant. Uh, it It was obviously some kind of holiday, but we didn't really know what kind. So after a little research, we discovered that it was the start of what can be considered the Jewish New Year, uh, which led us to wonder just who in the valley actually observes this holiday, which of course led us to the idea for this episode where we explore not only the Rosh Hashanah holiday, but also the Jewish history of the valley. So, in our quest to hunt down Jewish history, we figured we'd go to the most obvious source for this type of information, a friendly neighborhood rabbi. Rabbi Stephen Rosenberg. I'm the rabbi of Temple Emmanuel in McAllen, Texas, and I have been there. This is my, I've been there for about nine years. We asked Rabbi Rosenberg if he could explain a little about the history of the Jewish community here in the Rio Grande Valley. There's been Jews in the Rio Grande Valley probably for several hundred years. Um, the first Jews that probably were in the Rio Grande Valley, we were um, of probably Spanish origin. Um, as you know, this goes back to hundreds and, and hundreds of years, um, as you know or may may not know, after the Spanish Inquisition in 1492, um, there were Spanish Jews that made the trip, a very long trip, to Mexico from Spain, and set and settled there. Uh, a lot of them went were under the guise of what's called conversos. They were outwardly Christian. And they were secret Jews. Um, and so you had a lot of those Jews in Mexico. Um, you're probably aware that the city of Monterrey, Mexico, was founded by Jews. And um, there's been a Jewish presence in northern Mexico and in southern Texas for many centuries. Now, I have to admit that a lot of the information Rabbi Rosenberg was stating was pretty new to me. Usually when I think of Jewish immigrants, I think of the famous uh, Ellis Island of New York. As the wave of immigration from Eastern Europe came in through ostensibly Ellis Island in New York, uh, there were Jewish families that, because of this overcrowding in New York with all the new immigrants, um, they were through an organization called Hyatt, 
they were relocated to different parts of the country. Some of them found their way down to Texas. And in South Texas, some of, the, some of you may not know, your, your listeners may not know, that besides Ellis Island, the other uh, large port of entry for immigrants in the early 1900s uh, was Galveston. And uh, so as these you know, Jews migrated down, they found their way down to South Texas as they established businesses and um, they, they established companies, those kinds of things. So it turns out not only were Jewish immigrants coming to Texas or South Texas, but also into South America and Mexico. Because even before World War II, the United States was not particularly very um, disposed with respect to having a lot of refugees or a lot of people from Eastern Europe immigrate after World War II or right during World War II. So other countries took in um, these immigrants from uh, Eastern Europe, ostensibly Jews, South America, and also Mexico were primarily some of the countries that did take Jews in. And so uh, you also have a very unique heritage among some um, Mexican Jews who uh, maybe are first, well, probably second and third generation Mexican citizens, but not, but their roots or ancestry are from Eastern Europe. Right? And so, and some of those found their way up into South Texas. Clearly then, a Jewish community has existed not only in the valley, but also in nearby parts of Mexico for generations. But what about the modern era? Well, Rabbi Rosenberg explains that the more recent history of the Valley Jewish community uh, began at about 1948 with the building of the first synagogue here in the Valley. In 1948, when the synagogue was founded, which also happens to coincide with the founding of the state of Israel, uh, you had some very prominent businessmen uh, help create uh, this temple, one of them, the, the, the Lack family, I'm sure you've heard of, of Lack's furniture. Um, they were one of the early um, members of our synagogue. And, um, and other businessmen that moved down here and found that they really needed to have a Jewish presence. At, the, at that time, <clears throat> in 1948, the largest... Um, the largest amount of Jews were in Brownsville, Texas. And uh, as Brownsville was the largest city in the area, and it was a port city, as the years went by, that shifted. And now the largest Jewish community is in, is in McAllen, Texas. So now that we understand a little of the history of the Jewish community here in the Rio Grande Valley, we asked Rabbi Rosenberg if he could explain the Rosh Hashanah holiday. The holiday of Rosh Hashanah actually does not appear in the Torah. Again, we talked about for the Torah, the first five books of Moses. The day is, is recorded as the day of uh, Yom Truah, the day of blowing horns. And um, it seemed to be a, a day of... Uh, it, it, Sometimes would fall on, on certain. It would fall. This day would be observed by um, a day of rest and a day of Thanksgiving. It was not called the Jewish New Year at that time. Ten days later, from 
this Yom Truah, was another day called Yom Kippurim, or the Day of Atonement, which today we uh, know as Yom Kippur. And um, and that was recorded in the in the Torah. It wasn't until Talmudic times that the rabbis uh, of the time, the, the sages at the time, um, noted that uh, through different writings and, and, and understanding of just kind of how Jewish time worked, they looked at Rosh Hashanah as an opportunity to celebrate the birth of the of the world. And more importantly, they're just not the birth of the world, but the birthday of, of man. And so um, that's why Rosh Hashanah specifically celebrates the sixth day of creation, which would be the creation of man. And uh, so it, it begins, the Rosh Hashanah begins in the modern era, in the modern era, a 10-day period between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur called the 10 Days of Awe. And these are our days that we use for self-reflection and introspection. And um, culminating with Yom Kippur, we call the Day of Atonement. And Yom Kippur is a day to reflect on the past year and to uh, think about the things we did well, things we didn't do well, and how we need to change them for a better life. The difference between Judaism and the secular world is if you notice that, you know, on January 1st or on December 31st, what, what, what do you see? Well, I used to live in New York. So um, in New York, December 31st, people would tear out the last day of the calendar and, 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 and throw it out the, the, the window where they, you know, you, you just uh, all of a sudden it's a new year. You forget about everything else. It's, you know, the new year begins, the last year's gone, and, and off we go. Judaism has a very different way of approaching the new year. We don't go forward until we take a look back. So we look backward at the year that's happened first, we spend the first 10 days to do that, to think about things that we did well, things we, did, we didn't do well, and then um, try to ask for forgiveness for the people that we think that we hurt. Being that Rosh Hashanah, among other things, is also the observance of a new year that's about three months before the secular calendar ends, uh, we asked Rabbi Rosenberg if he could explain just what year is actually ending and which one is about to begin according to Jewish tradition and what it all means. This coming uh, Rosh Hashanah will usher in the year 5772. And uh, where we get that number actually is really interesting that the, the um, in the the rabbis from the, the Talmud, I mentioned the Talmud before, the Talmud was compiled between the 2nd and 6th centuries of the Common Era, essentially in Babylonia, uh, which is now Iraq. The, the rabbis of the time uh, basically added up all of the years that people lived and, and in, in the, the, tour, the lifespan of, of everyone and came up with the number, which today would be 5,772 years, um, and that would be the traditional number of creation. And so, um, but what's interesting is that number coincides with another important date, though. And uh, so we say that, you know, this is our, this is the, the beginning of creation. Well, what, what happened 6,000 years ago? The beginning of recorded history. So uh, that's probably what that, that date has more in common um, than, than 
than anything else. And I know there's people who say, well, you know, there's something that, you know, that, that there's something, you know, we believe in, in creation science or whatever. That's not a Jewish point of view. Um, that, uh, that we believe that, uh, that the, the blue of the earth was created millions, you know, millions and millions or, as Carl Sagan used to say, billions and billions of years ago. Um, but, uh, the, this is the, our tradition. So there's a very big difference between our tradition and what science teaches us, and we embrace both. And that's it for this week's episode. We want to thank Rabbi Stephen Rosenberg for taking the time to be with us. Uh, as we say, and I hope if we have any Jewish listeners out there, we say this Shana Tova. We hope those, our Jewish friends have a happy and healthy and sweet new year. Uh, if you'd like to know more about the history of the Jewish community in the Rio Grande Valley, or if you have any general questions, you can go uh, to the website, templeemmanuel.com, or you could reach Rabbi Rosenberg directly. See, if, if people wanted to get a hold of me, then they're more than welcome to, and I'll give you a phone number. They can call the, the temple. Uh, it's Temple Emmanuel, and that number is 956 686 9432. And you could also email him. It's rabbistephen.rosenberg at gmail.com. As a reminder, you can listen to this podcast right on your smartphone. Just look for the Stitcher Smart Radio app in your device's app store. Download and install it and search BPS Cast within the app. Also, if you like what we do and you want to support us, you can do so by telling your friends about this podcast. Uh, you can also rate and comment on our page within the iTunes store. Uh, there are links to it uh, from our site, uh, bpscast.com. As always, we welcome all feedback and suggestions. You can contact us on our Facebook page or email us at bpscast at gmail.com. Uh, for Border Perspective, I'm Christian Salinas, and as always, we thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading the Border Perspective audio podcast. You can find archives of past episodes, more information about all our guests, and our most recent contact information on our website www.bpscast.com Produced by Border Perspective Studios, an independent digital media company.